everyone. Welcome to the Bee Podcast, where we be ministering to adopted, foster, and blended families. I'm Brittany, and I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. So let's get started. Today we have this super cool person that is my birth dad's wife. She doesn't like that title. She thinks it's way too long. So she likes to be called Duchess instead. But you have to say, like, what your name is. I only am the princess because you <laughs> decide you want to be the Duchess. Her real name, though, everybody, is Molly. That's what everybody knows her by. She is super, super cool. So you should get to know her if you ever get the chance. She is also a missions pastor, currently in Michigan, although I sometimes think God's going to call her elsewhere. Who's to say? Uh, she has a heart for people and for God, and she loves to get to know people and figure out their hurts and their joys, just like any pastor does. <laughs> She's the mother of two really crazy, really cute boys, and most of the time one of my role models. Most of the time. <laughs> What's up, Molly? <laughs> How's it going? Good. How are you? Really? Thanks for having me. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> get started we're just gonna skip over that uh tell me about your family dynamic growing up um well I grew up in Nebraska actually not far from where you grew up which was super crazy to find out shout out to Nebraskans and (laughs) so my parents uh, divorced when I was probably about seven years old my dad was an alcoholic and so um grew up most of the time with uh, my mom and my brother and my sister and uh, didn't really have a ton of contact with my dad, and he passed away when I was about 18 years old, so after this, like, um, really cool period where we started um, working on and developing a relationship again, and being able to lead him to Jesus, and, like, all of this crazy cool stuff, Um, but still, unfortunately, he passed away when I was, was still pretty young, so, yeah, but for the most part, it was me, my mom, and my brother, and my sister. Nice. So, uh, what was it like being part of a divorced family? Uh, that's a really, that's an interesting question because everybody experiences, who's gone through divorce or has divorce in their family experiences it differently. Um, and there's a sense that because divorce is so common that that makes it less painful. And I would say it definitely doesn't make it less painful, um, but yeah, there's a sense of you lose that sense of security that you had as a as a as a small child. In my case, um, but also recognizing that my mom and my dad, my mom asked my dad to leave because she was trying to do the best thing to protect us kids from his addiction. So having this idea of this rational knowledge that it was probably the best thing that could have happened under the circumstances, also recognizing that yeah, that's still. Um, painful and uh I'm trying to think what part of being a divorced family so like extra christmases are a thing um having but also having this weird distance between it all so you it's almost like your things get scattered across so it's like okay we have we've always had christmas with grandma and grandpa we've had christmas with dad and all these kinds of things but now it's like scattered all over the place and you have way more christmases um so I mean more presents also usually yeah um, not gonna lie, you do tend to get more presents, um, but you also sometimes get duplicates, which isn't always as cool, so you're like, well, 
I have two of these now. Um, That's when you just ask for the receipt or you sell it yeah, under the table. I was not that smart as a child. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, there's also a part where my mom was an extremely hardworking, um, really great mother. And she, um, even though she was raising three kids on her own and she was working full time, she made time to go back to school and be the first person in her family to get a college degree and she literally fought tooth and nail every single day for us kids. And so watching her um, taught me to be the mom that I am today and, and showed me, I mean, she definitely worked her tail off to try to be both parents. And so she was, yeah, she was my hero for sure. So you mentioned a, a lot of pain that was in it. So what would you say that is the hardest part about the divorce? Um, I think... In, in my case, because I was like seven years old when they divorced, um, that's really at a, at a point where you are, it's not like if your parents divorce when you're in your teenage years and you're kind of wrestling with your identity and stuff as much. In my form, it was at that about seven years old age where I was still wrestling with um, having a sense of security and who I was and the... Um, Yes, the security that you're supposed to get um, in your family unit and having that torn apart is really, really painful and really hard at that age to understand. So I was trying to understand feelings and emotions that I was developmentally not ready to do yet. So like if I look back on that time, I remember... All I really remember is things like feeling scared or feeling uncomfortable or feel like how I felt in that moment way more than I remember actual events that happened and and things like that. So, yeah, I don't know. Did I answer your question? Yeah, I, I, would, okay, say that, yeah. I would say you answered the question about what was hard about it. Hard about it, okay. Um, yeah. What was, well, okay, then we got to go the other way. What was yeah. good about it? Uh, the good part about it was um, I got to see my mom just like kick butt. Like, she became this, like I said, she fought tooth and nail for us kids. And as far as, like, doing everything she could to make sure we got an education and we were working hard and we were the best that we could be, she really went over and above to be, I got to see my mom be a mom at probably her best. Um, the other bonus, I think, would be kind of like I said, if my parents had stayed together, I would have learned what it was like to constantly be, constantly be living with addiction in the home. And my mom um, really saved us from that. So it's one of those situations where you're going, well, yeah, it was hard. Yeah, it was painful. But it could have also been a lot worse. So that's probably the best part. That is good. Yeah, your mom sounds like a rock star. My mom is awesome. <laughs> so uh, because your parents got divorced, were you ever nervous about getting married? That's a good question. Was I nervous? I wouldn't say I was nervous about getting married. But I was very aware of the fact that things could go bad. And so I was really picky about who I dated. Um, I was real like I was always looking for a fault in a person, which is not probably a healthy thing to say. But I really was. I was always looking to see, like, okay, is this person going to just, you know, because my my folks when they got married never planned on divorcing. That was never mm -hmm. part of their plan. Um, like, so I was always looking for all of the red flags constantly. So, yeah. But I wouldn't say I was nervous about, once I met Jeremy and we got, 
uh, engaged and stuff like that, I wasn't nervous about marrying him. It no, was, no, you're like, come on, hurry up, dude. Propose to me already. I was like, quit dragging your feet. Like, let's just do this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, but the, yeah, it wasn't nervous about getting married. It was just, I was very cautious about who I was with. That would make sense. Yeah. All right, so you told us about your dynamic growing up. Now, kind of tell us about your family dynamic now, because it's a, it's a little different. You're not only with um, the divorced family and coming out of that, but now you kind of are in a whole new other segment of family with yes. all the things. Yes. It's really weird because, um, you know, growing up with an addiction and stuff like that in our household growing up, um, my mom took us to church and stuff, but faith really wasn't a part of our every day to day, our day to day life. We half the time we were just trying to survive, and um, so now to be a pastor and be married to somebody who is a follower of Jesus and stuff. So like, I feel like half the time, like when family and stuff gets together, I'm like, wow, I come from two set, like two totally different worlds at times. Like right now, I have a sister who's in jail for like her fifth DUI or something like that. Um, and my brother's doing great in Colorado, but doesn't really go to church. Those kinds of things. And um, church is a very big part of how we do life here. And so, yeah, it's a little bit weird to, um, every now and then I'll go back and visit family and all of those kinds of things and be like, wow, like Jesus has brought me to a very different place <laughs> than I could have ended up in. So Molly comes from the divorce side. And then all of a sudden, she starts uh, lingering into the adoption side of different things, too. When uh, Jeremy had to break the news to her that he had given up a daughter for adoption, which, a.k.a., that would be me. That would be you. I'm the, I'm the daughter. Uh, pretty cool. Kind of crazy. Long story. We might tell you about it sometime. Uh, but anyway, uh, can you just kind of share a little bit about how did Jeremy break that news that he had given up a daughter for adoption and how hard and or easy was that to process for you um let's see so I'll go with the first question first yeah I guess I put, I put the two together I have them wrote down on my notes differently but then I was just like we're just gonna just say it all so I think and what I've told you before there was never mm -hmm. a time that I felt like Jeremy was a f uh, ashamed to tell me about you in any way but he did wait until about I think we were probably dating three months or so. Like, whenever you, we were in that part of our relationship where we were like, okay, we know that we're into each other and we've done a lot of fun stuff, just hanging out and stuff. Okay, now we're really getting into real conversations. And so um, it was very early on in that real conversation time that uh, he brought, he's like, I think it, the conversation we were in was like, okay, what's the hardest thing you've ever done? And he's like, okay, so here's my story. <laughs> um, and it was telling, telling me about having to give you up. And it was the first time he ever cried around me because he never wanted to give you up. Um, all that stuff. So, yeah, it was, yeah, it was in that part where we're like, okay, we're starting to get to the point in our relationship where we're really kind of bearing our souls and saying, okay, this is who we are. Do you still, are we still moving forward? <laughs> and yeah, I think, I think he was more, in that moment, I remember um, feeling more concerned for him than I was concerned for myself, just because 
like, like I told you, this is the first time this guy's ever cried in front of me. And I was like, this was, this was something that broke him. He's also like point. this really tough army dude too. Yeah. Like he's the Colonel. He's the Colonel. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so I asked a few questions about you. I think you were, like, seven or eight at the time mm-hmm. um, when we st- this was happening. So, like, asked a few questions, um, all of those kinds of things. I never remember even thinking, why didn't you tell me sooner? Why didn't you... Any of that kind of stuff. So he picked a good moment <laughs> to bring it up. Um, and then how hard was that for me to process? Um, I went and talked to a couple of mentors about it and stuff like that because it was it wasn't processing that he had a kid as much as it was processing that Jeremy had um, had a had been in love before and I never had like I said I was always so picky about who I dated and all of these kinds of things so I was like okay like at some point this will be something we need to work through and all of those kinds so I did I talked to a mentor and I talked to a couple of friends but it really wasn't that hard. To process because I ultimately the idea was maybe I get this from coming from a um, a family of divorce that family's family even if it's weird and I'm like well okay so there's a kid out there who's wonderful and awesome because she comes from Jeremy so okay we'll love her from a distance and pray for her until we get a chance to meet so that's kind of how it went. I had a question, but I lost the question <laughs> that I was going to say when you went and so, um, sook after mentors about that. Mm-hmm. I was going to, I think I was going to ask you something along the lines, because because uh, it's a kind of a big deal, and he's still, it's his part of his brokenness also. Yeah. And so, did you have to talk to mentors about, or kind of thinking to yourself, I'm going to have to help this guy win this kind of pain, because he still has a lot of processing and recovering and... Forgiving. I always tell me forgiving. this to forgive it. Forgive it. <laughs> um, I would say, I don't know at the time, because I was, what was I, 26 or something when we started dating? I don't know how aware I was of that at the time. Um, but there was a, uh, a sense of recognizing that this was, like you said, this was his area of brokenness. And this mm-hmm. was... Um, going to be a part of our lives for sure but I don't think that I recognize that I had a role to play in helping with that healing (laughs) process I didn't know I was 26 years old I didn't know anything so um yeah as much as I would like to say yeah I recognize that I had this great role to play I'm like no I just sort of was like no I still love this guy and you know there's this Brittany out there that I could I couldn't believe you lived in in a town so close to where I grew up. I was like, So, uh, just so you guys all know, <laughs> she lived literally, she grew up in a town literally two hours away. So she she could have potentially babysat me yeah. and then met my birth dad later. It's very possible. Like, I... It never happened, no, but it could have. But, like, when you were when you were a baby, I was playing softball tournaments in your town. Isn't that... Like, I was there. That's insane. That's crazy. <laughs> so... <laughs> But yeah, that baffled me. That's just another reason why I love Molly. She just knows where I'm from. <laughs> Except you send me mean pictures of eating runzas. Yeah, she doesn't have runza in okay. Michigan, and she like, she misses runza. So anytime <laughs> I am in Nebraska, I eat runza and send her pictures of it just to show her it's just mean what she's missing out. <laughs> That's awesome. so not super mean, just a little bit. Okay, so uh, you went many years without meeting me. Mm-hmm. 
without meeting Jeremy's daughter. Like, how was that? It's weird. Not gonna lie, it's a little bit weird. Um, it was because for for me, I the second I learned about you, I wanted to let's go meet her. I want to know her. I don't know, you know, all this kind of stuff. Kind of like you're what your mom would be like. Oh, totally. My mom would ha- have just uh, yeah, she would have. So my so you guys know my mom passed away shortly before um, I actually got to meet Brittany and she, I didn't tell my mom about Brittany for one reason it was because Brittany lived was from a town so close to her that my mom would have been like we're gonna go meet her now I'm gonna find her I know it like and not out of a creepy way but entirely out of this way that she would have been like again. This is Jeremy's kid. I am. Go- it is my job to love her. Like she's just gonna be like another grandma for me. Oh, for sure. Of like baking me baked goods, <laughs> and bringing them to my doorstep, coming to my she ball games, showing up at a ball game with a cake, cutting and, out yeah. uh, newspaper Newspapers. clippings, and my sending mother would have done you. that. She one hundred percent would have done that. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. So there was this part of me that was always like okay so I knew at some point Jeremy wanted to start a relationship with you again when you got older and it was your choice and your decision um but that was not my speed (laughs) (laughs) and so uh kind of having to put that in the back of my mind sometimes because it needed to be Jeremy's choice and Jeremy's decision and allowing that process to take place in him more so than just (laughs) my impatience um (laughs) That kind of thing. Um, so that part was a little bit weird. Um, just knowing that you were out there, knowing that um, we could pray for you, we could love you and all that stuff, but uh, that I needed to wait um, for Jeremy to be ready and for what I assumed was you to be ready at the same time. I didn't know that anything else was going behind on behind the scenes. Or I didn't know anything. So um, I'd ask about you sometimes. I would... A- and... Um, because you and Jeremy talked a little bit until you were, like, five occasionally and stuff. So I was like, well, what was she like on this? And then, when you know, we had our first kid. I was like, was Brittany like this? <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, the first kid is, like, super crazy, always <laughs> running around, always talking, always bouncing off the walls. He's exactly like how I was as a five-year-old. 100% from what I have heard. <laughs> so, yeah. And so... That's what she means by that. But yeah, when you had your first kid, what did you think? Like, did you think, hey, Brittany's missing out, or this kid's missing out on... I I knew that there was going to come a point where we were going to have to tell um, Danny about you. And so, um, at first, when he was so young and stuff, obviously that wasn't the question. But as he was getting older, I was like, okay... I, I I think I brought it up to Jeremy at some point. I'm like, at some point we're going to have to let him know you know, about these things, and we don't want it to be when he's older, and oh, by the way, ta-da, surprise, like, come on. The, I I will say one thing that was really different for me um, when we got pregnant with Danny was, and I didn't even think about it when I was, when we were dating or whatever, was for me, this was all brand new, and it was Mm -hmm. all a first, everything was a first for me, and like, I caught myself halfway through this pregnancy going, this isn't a first for Jeremy. Like, this isn't a, this isn't a first. And so I was going, well, that's not fair. <laughs> I had a moment there where I wasn't happy and also slightly hormonal. So that's not good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there was a part where I was like, okay, this isn't a first for him. Um, and so, lear- like, part of my journey in this has been learning how to be okay with you know, I ha- Jeremy was my first for everything, 
So to be like, okay, I'm not his first, but I am his last. So that kind of that switch in my mind. That's really a, a good process and well said. Thanks. I like that. I've had about 10 years of marriage to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, just so you guys uh, all know that we're going to try to get Jeremy on this podcast at some point, and then you can, maybe he'll tell you why he decided not to be in my life from age five all the way to age 18, and kind of what he was doing in that gap, and kind of just his story from a birth dad's perspective. Uh, so stay tuned for that podcast, but in the meantime, we got his wife, who's, <laughs> I mean, you could say is cooler maybe at times. <laughs> Uh, I shouldn't say that though, because Jeremy literally just uh, spent all morning or all week working on my website. He's pretty awesome. He's pretty great. Uh, so. Was I nervous about meeting you? Yes, that was my next mm. question. She has the questions I, I like <laughs> brainstormed in front of her right now. Yeah, because so Molly didn't actually meet me until she just had the second kid, mm-hmm. and she had a C-section, and so she was on all this medication, and it was the first time I was flying out to Michigan, so first time I was ever in Michigan, first time I ever flew by myself on a plane, and first time I was meeting her family for the, like, the family for the first time, minus Jeremy. I met Jeremy before, but I've never met Molly, I Google searched Jeremy's wife, but I never, like, I never met her. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it was interesting, but how, what, what do you think? Were you nervous? Or were you just I wasn't, chilling? I wasn't nervous, but I do remember thinking, like, gosh, I wish, like, I am not going to be putting my best foot forward on this meeting. Because, <laughs> yeah, I had just, um, I had, just uh, had a um, pretty, ex- pretty traumatic birth with our second, and, like, all these stitches and, like, all of this pain, these pain meds and everything like that, and so I was sitting there going, I am going to be no fun, I'm going to be, um, like, tired and grumpy the whole time, and Xander never slept. He never slept, yeah. So, so I was like, okay, maybe we could have timed this better, but, um, on the, but I was never nervous about meeting you at all. I was, um, I was excited to be finally meeting you, I was excited that the, um, boys got to meet you, I was excited for the time that you got to spend with Jeremy. I was excited just to get to know you, because, like I said, it had been, like, ten years of me, like, wondering who this girl is and, like, all of this stuff. Um, But, yeah, if we could have timed it so that I wasn't on, like, pain meds. (laughs) Like, that first one is, like, I remember you being here and stuff, but, and I remember us having great conversations, but, like, content-wise, it's kind of a blur. (laughs) So maybe you have better memory of that first one. I do remember you just apologizing. I'm so sorry. I... (laughs) I'm like, so come back another time. Please come back. <laughs> yeah, I do I do remember you saying that either prior to me getting here or while I was here or after. It was somewhere oh in that time. I do remember you saying, like, just so you know. <laughs> and I like I was so tired while you were here. And so And you wanted to hang out too. I did. And so I was sitting there going, like, I'm I'm too tired to even be embarrassed by how tired I am right now. <laughs> trooper and you put up with like screaming babies it was also it was a first for me though because I've never stayed the night at a birth parents Mm -hmm. home I've never been alone really with a birth parent except um for maybe like an hour or so like my parents always came with me and we always had day trips um so like how my relationship with my birth mom is 
completely different with my relationship with my birth dad and like how we do things. So we did day trips mm -hmm. and my parents would always be in the room. Except for like a couple times where my birth mom and I ventured off into the mall mm -hmm. and made build bears with each other. And wow. that was like the only time, minus once when we, like a couple times in college, that I was alone with my birth mom. Oh gosh, it's so like you. And so I'm you're coming into me, being like, "Hi." <laughs> no, it was it was fine. Oh, I just viewed you guys as normal people, but I was just like, "This is so different." Like I'm staying the night. I'm by myself. Like this is this is a new adventure. It was it was cool. And then I ended up staying a summer. Like that's well, that nobody does that. Nobody does that. No, no um, way. Um, so. What would you say, uh, from your perspective, what is the hardest part about adoption? Like, our situation or adoption? At, like, are we speaking this situation or, like, big picture, what's hard about adoption? I mean, you can answer both. I, I was just going with, like, your experience, your side, because you, you told me yesterday that you are the inside outsider. Yes. I, I would say I am the... Like, that's the weird part for me in it is... Um, you know, obviously Jeremy and I are married and we're committed to each other and all that stuff. So if there's anything that's in Jeremy's world, it's in my world and vice versa. So there's a part where I'm like, well, Brittany's just as much a part of my world. You know, stuff that I'm going to be like, no, no, I'm not. I'm I'm the outsider on an insider, um, in, like this weird inside-outside kind of relationship. So it's, that's sometimes a little bit awkward um, because I'll, like there's been a couple of times that I've, push too hard on something with Jeremy or I'll suggest something to you that doesn't go well or something like something along those lines and I'm like ah I don't know um yeah and so not wanting to yeah not uh, like we talked about in the beginning you referred to my role as duchess and your role as princess not knowing what my title or my role is in this but I still gave, being a I part of it. I gave you one. You just didn't accept it. Birth dad's wife just is too many syllables. Like, <laughs> I want a one syllable, like, one word thing. Like, so that, yeah, the inability to easily um, explain what the relationship is, is just, it, it's annoying sometimes. And, it, and it's confusing to try to explain that to other people sometimes, too. Or kind yeah. of hard. Because I know when you, this summer, you were trying to... I, I lived here this summer and did an internship at the church that Molly worked at, and it was so funny because she would always try it. She goes, okay, how do I explain who this person is? Well, and early on, not knowing you well enough to know what you were comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, like I said before, there was never, for me, anything that was, like, shame or anything about it, but I'm like, okay, I don't want to introduce Brittany in a way that would make her uncomfortable or Jeremy uncomfortable but we do need to do an introduction right now, and I have three <laughs> seconds before we have to go live. So, <laughs> things like that. Um, that yeah, we, I, I watched her struggle with that. I watched some of her mission team people struggle with how they say my relationship to them is. Uh -huh. uh, this is um, Jeremy's daughter. This is uh, <laughs> it's And there are so times funny. that I have, have caught myself referring to you as Jeremy's daughter, and sometimes I'll refer to, like to you as Jeremy's bio dot and I'm like none of these sound e like there's nothing easy about how to mm -hmm. explain it but when we come back to in a kingdom of God perspective we're all followers of Jesus we love each other I, we absolutely love you so it's like there's nothing 
bad or wrong. Like, there's nothing bad about it. We know we love each other. We just can't find the words for it. And that gets frustrating. It's like extended family with no, like, aunt, uncle or anything. Yeah. Like, it's just, oh. Yeah, that part gets annoying. The hard, but the hard part is, like, the actual hard part of adoption um, actually came before you came out. um, And watching um, Jeremy from the time, like, he told me about you pretty much up until you started being a part of our lives, um, watching him carry that as a, as a mark of shame. Um, because for Jeremy, integrity is the, one of his core values. And the fact that he, there was never shame about you, but shame about, he was, um, a ministry student. He was an Eagle Scout. He was going in to be an army officer and he did something that he, um, knew was wrong and he got, and it like got caught in it. Kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, watching him carry that was extremely hard. Um, and being like, you, you need to forgive yourself. You need to forgive. Like, there's a... And then there's he a, tried to fix it also, but it didn't... It didn't yeah. fix. He, <laughs> yeah. he tried to propose. He tried to keep the child. He yeah. tried to do all this stuff, but he, he couldn't didn't work. fix yeah. the, the original sin. Yeah. And it was... It, awful and messy and all of these kinds of things. But just so you guys know, God makes some beautiful things out of sin sometimes. Absolutely. Really awesome. <laughs> I just had to you. throw that in there. I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> but like, and this is, this is the cool part of it though, was when right after that first time he came to Manhattan to see you, the coolest thing that I noticed was after that, all of that shame that he had carried, it was almost like an eggshell that had just cracked and was spilling out. Like it just... He didn't carry the shame anymore the way that he did. Um, it, 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 he basically said, why on earth have I felt this way for so long? Like, this kid is awesome. <laughs> and I was like, agreed. Why have we waited so long? Um, and, uh, yeah, because it, it didn't matter how many times I had told him before. You have, because you don't have contact with her, you, you don't, she could end up being, she could end up with the cure for cancer. She could lead the entire world to Jesus. You don't know what, you know, this, just all of this kind of stuff. And then for him to meet you and to see him let go of all that shame, like it was hard to watch him carry it, but beautiful to watch him let it go. So would you say that was, uh, one of the best parts then? No, the best part was getting you. <laughs> so, like getting it to actually meet yeah, me. Yeah, to like, like actually get to come meet out you and know about it, but for... But I think before, like, I personally actually got to know you personally, it would have been that, watching Jeremy um, be able to let go of the shame of it because he knew how great, um, there was no, there was no regrets in any of the decision because you, you were you and you were wonderful and amazing and that God had, um, just the way that God had promised him in the beginning that you were his child and that you were, um, going to do amazing things, um, to actually see that come to fruition was really cool. Just so cool to see him be able to let that go. Wow, that's super awesome. It's so cool to see how God restores relationships. I know that when I was working on my website, I was like, let's do B. I don't know. It's hard to come up with a title or everything. And one of the things that I really want people to to have or to do is to be restored mm-hmm. and um I know this summer we talked a lot about like this is a big restoration or yeah, restoring of a of a story of a broken broken world gospel answer mm-hmm. 
No, and it really is. Like, you and Jeremy's story really is something that is restorative and beautiful and wonderful. And, like, um, some of that has come with really hard parts to it. But some of the greatest restoration stories and the restoration processes come through some pain and suffering. But there's so, like, so much joy that goes along with it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of switch it a little bit to what we were talking about. And um, now, going back to when the first time I met you. Mm-hmm. You have these two little kids, and you tell them that I'm their big sister. Now, I have had titles of what these different people are to me ever since I was, like, three years old, two, three years old. So, like, my mom, my adopted mom is my mom, my adopted dad, he's just dad, and then, like, I have my brother, who's also adopted, and then I have, uh, I have my birth mom, she's in this category over here, and my birth dad's husband, who's, he's over there, my birth siblings over there my birth grandparents, and then I get to Molly, and Molly's just like, hey, Danny, this is your big sister, Brittany. That is and not like, how it went down. I was like, what? <laughs> my, I'm big sister to Brigham. He's back in Nebraska right now. What are you talking about? So why did you just drop the titles? Okay, no. <laughs> why did you just throw down all of my titles that I put up on all these years? No, okay, so first of all, my... That conversation went back farther before everybody on this podcast thinks that I, like, just shot you on your first meet. I guess I could blame that I was exhausted because it was our first meeting and I just had to date, right? Just that. Yeah, you're um, good, you're good. No. Um, I had had a, Jeremy and I had a conversation uh, before you came, and he's like, okay, so what are you okay with us? Like, what are you okay with us telling the boys? And I'm like, my biggest thing is I don't care. My, but here are my big things. Brittany needs to be okay with it. You need to be okay with it. And whatever we decide to tell um, Danny, and, well, and Xander now, um, whatever we tell them, we need to stick with it for a while. They're in a developmental phase in their life where they're not going to understand if we keep changing Brittany's titles back and forth. And I was like, if you want to go with sister, great. If you want to go with really good friend, great, because it's not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the other one. We can't lie to them about who she yes. is, but we can, like, change things up a bit. Um, and I thought Jeremy said you were okay with sister. I probably, honestly, Maybe. I probably said that I was okay with it just because I'm a people pleaser. And so I'm just like, yeah, sure, call me whatever you want. And then, like, actually getting there. But, but, but you know, you probably are right. Good. I probably did say that, maybe. I don't remember. I was a freshman in college. I just remember when I was you trying told to figure me out a lot. how much that that impacted you. I was like, no, I tried so hard not to have that impactor. Um, but no, the real reason behind that, though, was one, I never wanted um, you or Danny to think that you were any less than anything. Um, you were no less than a sister. You were no less than um, any of that. Um, if you hadn't, if I had known you were uncomfortable with it, I would have been like, no, that's fine. We'll go with whatever on that. We just... Yeah, <laughs> Danny, Danny calls me sister instead of my actual name a lot of the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, granted, he's six and he's just starting to understand, uh, like, like... The he, he knows my name, though. And you were so great originally, though, because he was like, okay, so if I have a big sister, why is she not here? And you mm-hmm. were so great about saying, well, she's at big kid school and college and stuff. And I was like, oh, thank you for saving me on that one. <laughs> well, I just, I didn't want him to be super confused or ask a lot of questions. And I mean, he, he's really smart and he would be able to like somewhat comprehend mm-hmm. everything. I mean, I did when I was younger than him, 
Mm -hmm. But just to make it even just simpler for now, just I'm a big kid's school buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, and you were great. And you like made out a chart of how much older you were and all of these things like with numbers and stuff, which really helped him to like wrap his head around who is this person and why do I have a sister that doesn't live here and all of these kinds of things. And then he goes around to his like, church. Okay. Oh, yeah, he tells everybody about you. Hey, and guess so what? My big sister, my big sister is here. Um, and then his or his um, Sunday school teacher, I think your mom's having a little baby boy. <laughs> That's true. I forgot No, that my one. big sister's coming. Big sister. My big sister's coming. No, not. Yes, my mom is having baby brother, but my big sister's coming too. And then everyone's looking at me like, is there something going on? <laughs> so then, again, we go back to the question of, like, titles and stuff that How get annoying. And, okay, so here's the story. When Jeremy was in college. <laughs> so, yeah, that one is always... Family yeah. dynamics. They're, They're weird, just, man. Yeah, every, everywhere around. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so, um, what did you already know about adoption mm -hmm. before you met me? Before I met you? Um, I mean, a little bit, uh, just because I had some cousins and stuff that were mm -hmm. adopted, and then some, some of those cousins were then adopting as well. I knew a little bit more about the process than I did, like, the actual interactions and, and stuff like that. And at our church, I lead a, um, part of the missions department is a, uh, is a foster and adopt ministry. So, um, some interaction there as well. Um, but most of the time what we're, what we deal with at the church are situations of foster and adopt care that are very different from yours, where it would be, um, like I told a couple of, of people that you were living with us for a summer to do your internship and they just had this look of horror on their face <laughs> because for them if they're if they would never even dream of having their child go and stay with their birth parents it, because it wouldn't be safe for them it like, was it hard was, for my mom even letting me yeah. come to live with you guys no doubt and, and she knows it's a safe environment and she knows that you, like she she trusts you guys uh -huh. she um and has your met mom you has guys but it was still hard for like her child to go live with the, the birth, birth parent, the birth parent that yeah. was the original parents, yeah, so to say. Yeah, and so I'm like, I I didn't realize for me, you coming and staying here for a summer was like, oh, this is cool, you know. And so everyone else is like, Molly, that's not normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what did you, that was that was kind of like the second part of the question. What did you learn then after I came? I, I learned that, um, well, it was neat. Like the, the goal that I had for the summer really was just to get to know you better, which, so there was that and that was awesome and fun. Um, but I loved this summer, the, the interactions that you got to have with the boys. I love, oh gosh, watching you and Xander together is hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I love the time you guys have been with Jeremy, uh, all of that. Um, but really the part for me, ministry wise and stuff like that was, was the, sh the shock, I guess, to me was how oblivious I was to how unique this situation is. Um, that there were so, there are so many parents who would love for the kids that they adopted to have a positive relationship with their, um, birth parents and they can't. And so to share, you know, our story and stuff for some is going to be, um, a point of sadness. Um, for others, it's going to be really hopeful. And for other people, it's like, yeah, that would never happen because it's, it wouldn't be safe for my kid. 
um, for whatever reason um, with the birth family situation. So recognizing how unique our situation is and trying to take that as blessing, as a gift from God, as uh, something just to sit back and be thankful for rather than try to get so fixated on like, I don't get these titles. We need to figure this out. Um, and yeah, and just be gr- grateful for what it is rather than trying to figure out some of the other pieces. Yeah, titles are hard. That was just how my brain just categorizes people and like, but it doesn't, it's just, it's not a good system though. The system has flaws <laughs> of trying to PSA, this is these people over here and these, now my people are mixing. <laughs> my people. They're not staying in the box. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so uh, I have two more questions for you. The first one is, how has God worked in your life and in your family? I know you kind of mentioned it throughout, which is really awesome. I will say that there are um, there are sympathies that I have now um, for people in foster and adopt ministry that I never had before. Um, I think. Uh, I've been able to understand uh, a little bit more of the process. I think I've the part where I, I think that I have more compassion now is a lot of the time in f- adoption types of situations, you get this, there's a stereotype of the dad being this deadbeat dad or um, this you know, a guy gets a girl pregnant and just goes AWOL and, and all of these kinds of things. And being now married to somebody who very much the exact opposite of that um, tried to make, um, even though he knew he made a mistake in the beginning, tried to make the, still tried to make the right decisions afterwards and probably made the best decisions that he could for, for you. Um, um, recognizing that demonizing any group it doesn't help any of the process. So there would be that. So how has God worked your life and your family? Um, I think one of the th- things through our family would be watching somebody like Danny, who as crazy as it was for you to just like hear, this is my big sister all the time, right? <laughs> um, to see how willing he is to have this childlike faith of trusting his parents and trusting a situation um, to just embrace that and accept reality for what it is and not be scrutinizing it or questioning or yeah, anything. He's never questioned anything. Huh. I came in at four. He never asked why I haven't come beforehand. <laughs> no, he just, yeah. And granted, kids at that age will accept the reality as they're presented mm-hmm. to him. Um, but man, like to have um, unique situations put in front of me or really anyone else to go into without even asking a question and just absolutely loving you. Like that's the kind of person follower of Jesus. I want to be as somebody who, all right, Jesus, whatever situation you put in front of me, I want to love the person that you put in front of me as much as I just watched my six year old love his sister. (laughs) (laughs) And granted might get a little bit annoying for her at times. When he wakes you up in the, like, hey, big sister, wake up. Um. I expect it. I expect it. I'm just like, okay. But I also know that he's not going to do this every morning. No, yeah, true. I expect it for at least once during the time I'm here. Yeah, but you don't realize how much there is going on upstairs while you're still asleep and he comes into my room. Can I wake her up yet? Can I wake her up yet? Can I wake her up yet? <laughs> so. so Michigan is an hour away from where I typically am, and so I'm just like, I'm so tired. <laughs> 
don't wake her up yet, but dude, give her some time. <laughs> so, yeah. That is super awesome. And I'm really glad that you're able to share all that. Um, my last question that I have for you, and then we'll, we can wrap this up and everything, is there anything else that you would like to share with the people that are listening? Um, I think the biggest, and probably the biggest takeaway that I have from um, your, you, your story, from our story, however we're going to frame that, um, would be the number of people who number of women who find themselves in hopeless situations um, and are trying who maybe don't want to give up their child but um, or don't or are thinking that abortion's the only way out or any of those kinds of things um, like the the beauty of this story is that doing the hard thing because it's the right thing um, beautiful things come out of it amazing things come out of it and uh, watching um, watching people like Jeremy who've gone through something. And granted, I've never met your birth mom. I don't know. I mean, I'm and like I thank God for the way that she made that sacrifice to to have you here. All of that. Um, that even though a moment can seem hopeless or can seem hard, that um, doing the right thing. And, and taking the doing the hard risk um, pays off does pay off in the end and you're living proof of it. Oh, that's so sweet. We were actually talking about that last <laughs> night too. Um, for more of I'll probably share more of my story guys. I know Molly shared a little bits of our story here and there. But if you uh, keep tuning in, you'll eventually get the whole picture, hopefully at some point, about how Brittany has come to be. <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy stuff. Anyway, Molly, thank you so much for being on this podcast. This was a lot of fun. This was a lot of I fun. I love talking to Molly, guys. If you guys don't know Molly, like you should seriously hang out with her. She would probably love to hang out with you and find somebody like me to babysit her boys so she could have a piece of quiet and just talk life. Molly asks the hard questions too, so be prepared. She asked me a lot of hard questions this summer that we were painting and I had to hide behind the painting thing so I could answer her about really crazy stuff. She's a pastor, I'm telling you guys. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Molly. Love you, love you guys. Love you uh, see you next time.